slightly more entertaining than a disc read error. It's this game where podcast hosted by me, Chris, and me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. What? Just having a drink. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what a brilliant start. <laughs> We're two minutes in, nearly. <laughs> and we've had we've had dead air for about a minute and a half. <laughs> People might think this is an improvement. We need to we need to get going. Sorry, I went a bit monoslavic then, didn't I? My apologies. I'm still smarting after this afternoon, that's why. This afternoon, which element? You your daughter lording that over you when you got absolutely smashed at Mario Kart or actually just getting smashed at Mario yeah, Kart. Yeah, so the me and my daughter played with Ashley and Hannah. Played Mario Kart Eight after uh, last week's conversation about Super mm-hmm. Mario Kart. It was quite refreshing to go back and play Mario Kart Eight. And my daughter decided to play multiple games where it was you three versus me. <laughs> and hang on, hang on, hang on. The afternoon started with some classic victimization of Ashley because oh, you, yeah, you and your daughter decided that it was going to be all three of you against me, and then. I mean, if you would like to tell everybody what happened as that unfolded, that's really where the story started, wasn't it? No, I'm, I'm spinning it. I've been a I understand he's spinning it. What happened was you you lost against me. All three of you lost quite badly against me. And then your daughter decided that she was jumping ship from the losing side. <laughs> yes, she joined my team. We had a few good runs. And then she decided she was going to victimize you and put you yeah. on your own team. Yeah, so let's tell it properly, please. Cut. All right, well, that's that's pretty much what happened. And then that last session where it was just me, I got well and truly trounced. Yeah, mullered, they say, don't they? I believe mullered. so. Mullered. Do they say that? Is it? Have I made that up? I think I coined that. Mullered, yeah. I might have yeah. coined that. What? Smashed, rinsed, thwarted. Yeah, that's what it means. I made that up. Cool. Hasn't you made that up? That's in... I have. I just did. No. I just did it. Should I say what game we're doing today, Ashley? Yeah, please. And... By proxy, the listeners. So, this week, it's this game where you investigate a mysterious mansion. It's a game that defines an entire genre, and it's famous for having a terrible script. And I said last week it was quite spooky. Yeah, I know. I've been been thinking about that all week. Um, because it's Resident Evil, isn't it? It is Resident Evil. That's what the bloke yeah. says at the start of the game. Yes. I remember that, and it doesn't make me feel very happy. <laughs> no aspect of this is going to make me feel very happy. This game, <laughs> I don't like. I don't like this game, but really? I don't like the whole genre. Yeah, oh. uh, not necessarily because it's a bad game, although we might find that, because I remember the controls being extremely annoying, and that, I think that was where things started to unravel for me, because this was probably the first... I played a demo of this. Okay. And having to control your character um, in this game is a bit of a trifle. Not a trifle. It's a bit of a. It's a bit of a custard. You know, it's a real, real pain in the ass. Is that a term? Have I invented another one? A bit of a custard. I think yeah, so. You're on I think roll. I have. This is the famous tank controls, where you control the character going forward, backwards, and then if you want to turn, you have to physically stop and then press left. If I remember, if you want to go left, it is quite. But clunky. you turn I... left. You don't. You don't face left. You turn yeah, in it. a leftward direction 
like a clock. I remember getting quite into it and finding the controls fairly intuitive by the time I kind of got used to it. The obstruction for me was having my face bitten off by zombies while I was trying to turn around and run away. It was too much, too soon, and I never really recovered when it came when it comes to the horror survival horror genre. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil put pay to it. I tried really hard. I've played other games in the same genre and they've always shut me right up to such an extent that I can't play them. Resident Evil 2 made my heart race so fast that I had to stop playing it. Really? Which bit? Just all of it. Just the, it's the anticipation of being attacked. Like the sense of dread. Yeah, there's a bit where you're heading into the village and you can, I I mean, I don't know my way around very well because I headed, I headed down a path into a village and then saw some zombies in front of me, possibly in the village square, and headed off to the left and hid in a hut. That's Resident Evil 4. Because this this was after I explained to my friend at university who really likes Resident Evil 4. I explained to him, I can't play Resident Evil 4 because I can't play horror games. I can't play survival horror games. They terrify me. So then he put me on Resident Evil 4 and said it's not as bad as Resident Evil 1, 2 or 3. And I proceeded to shit my pants in front of him. I hid in a hut with my gun trained on the door, ran out of bullets very quickly as a zombie came in through the through that same doorway, having missed every single shot and just cowered in the corner as it ate my brains. Sounds horrible. It was yeah, exactly. That's the that's the survival horror genre. And you did you literally shit yourself? Was it an absolute casserole down there? <laughs> Yeah, it, um, I've yeah, it's one of few times that I've shut myself in front of another person. What, one of few that raises more questions. <laughs> well, you just have to use your own imagination. Beyond that, so you've mentioned the term survival horror there a few times. Survival horror, for anyone that's not familiar with that term, it's a subgenre sort of crosses over action adventure and horror games, where, as the term implies, survival horror, the emphasis is on surviving the game through limited items perhaps or limited weapons or something resident evil is credited with being a game that creates a lot of interest in the genre but it wasn't actually the first game in the genre it started about uh, 10 years or so prior to this however resident evil did set a template that then triggered quite a big wave of similar games like silent hill dino crisis parasite eve clock tower i don't know if you've played any of them i guess probably not from your description there tower was mm. on the snes it may well have been but i remember it coming out on the ps1 there's also one involving a camera we had to go around and yes take so photos. that is the other one fatal frame yeah that's it i remember reading about that in a magazine and it really scared me just the concept of it yeah well that was the so resident evil the demo of resident evil was the beginning of my survival horror experiences fatal frame was the end of my survival horror experiences is this the one that you played and then some coins moved yes yeah. yeah. Hannah was in my room with me watching me play. We weren't very far into the game. It's called Project Zero as well for, for our European listeners. And I know it's Project Zero, but in America, I think it's Fatal Frame. So Project Zero 2, I think it was. But anyone that can correct me, please do let me know on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. Because it was the one where you are... You go into a village and the village has some kind of ritual sacrifice thing going on. And there's the cover has these two twin girls on are on the cover and everything's in like scarlet. They're dressed in scarlet or something like that. That's a half remembered cover, by the way. The whole idea behind Fatal Frame is that you have this camera called the Camera Obscura and it allows you to attack ghosts, which were otherwise, because they're non-corporeal, you can't hit them. This camera does the job for you so you can use the camera to defeat them helpful yeah it is helpful except for the fact that it 
is also terrifying at the same time and you have to actually get them centered in the frame in order to successfully attack them and my problem was i was too focused on trying to create space between me and the ghost to actually get a successful shot off the other problem was there was an actual ghost in my actual bedroom at the same time as me trying to play and that ghost shat me up more than the pretend ghost on the screen so Easter camera if i'd had a camera then then i would have been safer maybe but the ghosts can kill you in the game and i didn't want to risk it with the ghost in my room so Fair. i just ran away and what was it the spook did in your room it chucked coins across the room right did it actually chuck them at you or did it just knock them over it didn't chuck them at me or hannah but it chucked them across the room they they flew across the room they were oh. in a pile on the desk so my television was next to my bed there was a desk that was close-ish to the television but not like touching it or anything so it wasn't vibrations or anything like that and i piled up a bunch of coins earlier in the day on my desk and they'd been sat there just minding their own business for ages and then we were playing this game i was already on the edge and then these coins didn't they didn't just fall over they flew across my room so explain i don't even believe in ghosts but there was definitely a ghost yeah i can't explain that it was terrifying what did you do i tried to play it again the next day in the daytime that's what i did i mean at that point when the ghost threw the coins at you was did you, did you run out the oh, room yeah i ran away left hannah <laughs> To, to it, defeat the ghost I have a lot of faith in her Did Hannah defeat the ghost? Did she get some holy water out? She never and... told me to be honest And she's always acted a little bit weird since then So I, I'm i not sure what happened But I don't like to question her too hard on it Because she gets a bit feisty Let's not dwell on that then shall we? Maybe not, no But we're not playing Fatal Frame today We're playing Resident Evil Oh yeah <laughs> Yeah Resident Evil is a massive multimedia franchise. There's games, there's films, there's animated films, TV shows, comics, novels, audio books, remakes, re-releases. There's so much stuff going on Resident Evil, but we're just going to focus on the very first Resident Evil and the very first iteration of that, not the remake or anything or any of the other remasters of the remake that's what i was wondering well not i i wasn't wondering that i was going to ask you basically at some point they've remade this game so many times uh, across yes. so many consoles in yeah in different ways as well because there's like yeah. just ports then there's remakes then there's remasters yeah. so how many times has resident evil the first resident evil how many times has it been made and what are all those different versions of it so i was gonna i'm gonna talk about this in the second half once we've talked it I was going to talk about this in the second half once I've actually played the game, but just okay. in a nutshell, there are there's the on the PS1 alone, there were three versions of this. It was then ported to multiple other consoles. There was then a remake for the GameCube, and then a remaster of that remake is what is currently available on consoles, which were released in 2015. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of versions. They are actually contemplating making another one, aren't they, off the back of these ground-up remakes of Resident Evil 2 and 3? Oh, well, I didn't know that. I'm not surprised, I believe to be that that's in the works, yeah. And there are people, I don't know how much credence this has, but there are certainly rumblings around the internet that it that might end up seeing the light of day at the end of this year, actually. Because there's a okay. film being made, isn't there? They're rebooting the film franchise. The films, there are six live-action Resident Evil films, and a seventh one is due in November of this year, which is actually a reboot of the entire franchise. So we're just going to drill down, as they say, and focus on the first Resident Evil, which came out on the PS1 in Japan and America came out in March 1996 and then wasn't released in Europe until August 1996. So quite a few months later which i have no idea why there was that massive gap between them but uh, presumably translation it usually comes yeah, down been, to translation this one released in north america yes we speak english in uh 
in the UK, but what about the rest of Europe? So there's translations yeah. of how many how many different languages to take place there. Sorry, I'm being Anglo-centric, aren't I? You are being very right. Anglo-centric, yes. But I think that's what it was. I think it was translations. It seemed a little bit strange that they would delay a UK release mm. in order to fall in line with the european release when they already had an english translation ready to go mm. but then geographically so my relationship with resident evil you said about you not being particularly keen i had a friend who had the first two games and i played them at his house then borrowed them to complete and was so into them bought them myself and i was reflecting on when this might have been i think it was for about 2000 so quite a while after the original game came out despite really enjoying the first two games i've not played any other ones at all so 3 came out, Resident Evil 3, Nemesis, came out on PS1, never played it. 4, I bought number 4 on the Wii, never played it. That's and supposed to be the f- best version of Resident Evil yeah, 4. Yeah, well, I bought it because of that, because it's supposed to be the best version. And when it came out, everyone was saying how amazing it is. It is currently available on, on the Switch and is often on sale, but I've just not mm. got around to buying it for a second time. I did have the demos of 5 and 6 on the Switch, and they were both absolutely terrible. Okay. Seven, I've not tried at all. And then eight is obviously due for release next week. Resident Evil 1 and 2, you are a fan of, never played the rest. Yep. Why are you a fan? In the Or, or even going even a little bit further how do you play them how are you brave enough to play them i don't get it i don't understand why you are not brave enough to play them i don't find them scary at all you don't get stressed out when they're all bearing down on you and you just go around and around in circles no not at all there are a couple of times in the first two games where there's jump scares and there's a few things that spring to mind that did make me jump but you sort of go over it and get on with it really Mm, maybe i just wasn't getting over them i think i'm also quite conservative with the ammo so it does as i said at the start survival horror you have limited items and that extends to your ammunition for your gun. So I think as a consequence of that, I was very choosy as to when I was going to use it. And if there was a situation where some zombies would be bearing down on me, I'd probably just run away rather than trying to shoot my way through it. Yeah, that's worse though. I like to collect everything in a game and I reserve everything just in case. Like if you're playing a game and you have the potential to craft things, even Mm -hmm. things that say, this is fine to sell, please sell these so that you can have more money. Honestly, honest to God, you do not need to hold on to this just sell it just sell it ashley just sell it if that was the flavor text on an item i'd probably still hold on to it just in case and that's the sort of player i am like i keep hold of everything i reserve as much as i can especially ammo and in that game i was the same it wasn't but at the same time possibly i was probably getting stressed out about the fact that like if i did use ammo was i going to end up really shafting myself later like in the future which I think yeah. is possible, isn't it, in this game? You can end yes. up running through the game, running through the ammo very early on and then being without ammo for the rest of the game. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know quite to that extent, but it, it is definitely designed in that way to limit your ammunition to create these scenarios. So you may well be right. Just, I think, probably the anxiety of not having enough ammo and feeling mm. always like I was lacking wouldn't have done me any favours. Largely, I remember it being just the stress of having things chasing me and not being able to just get away yourself yeah exactly yeah and it all being clunky so like turning around was an ordeal in itself yeah like if i was going to run away from a zombie i would turn on a penny and run i'm not sure how far i'd get but i would do it in this game i had to wait about 
two and a half seconds or two an hour, depending on how we felt, <laughs> to turn around. And and there's a zombie down the corridor and I don't really, I want to get away from him. The zombies didn't have to do that, did they? They could just move around. That's the big thing with this game is people remember is the tank controls. I genuinely don't remember ever having an issue with them at all. Well, that will be interesting then, won't it? Yeah, it, it may well be that we play it today and it is very, very different. I hope that that isn't the undoing of this game for you because that will be a massive shame. You may well be right there. I was also into this game to the extent so much that the six films I've mentioned earlier, I have seen all six of those films. <laughs> You're laughing. Do you Why hate you yourself? <laughs> I remember that the first two were quite good and they are diminishing returns but I felt once I'd seen the first couple I felt a bit invested and, and wanted to see it through it did get quite convoluted they remind me of the Underworld films I don't know whether that's because they were coming out at a similar time but they had a very similar tone if I remember correctly mm. and the action orientation and mix I think they might even have been directed by the same person as well Paul W.S. Anderson really? Mm. I think Didn't, so I don't know if Underworld was I don't know I haven't taken enough interest I'm fully prepared to be uh, corrected on that if anyone wants to contact us on social media because I'm not completely confident in that. I also very clearly remember getting the novelizations of the games out from my local library. <laughs> You were so into it. You love being scared. So I was about 17. So that would have meant a few years after you were playing the games as well. Yeah, this was, I reckon, 17, 18. And after first playing the games at the age of 13, 14. So I was into them for those three or four years and i was playing them on a fair regular basis during those three to four years i think right so you kept going back to the horrible scary well yeah in the film the ring they yeah. know there's a horrible scary well what do people generally try and do they try and avoid it it's because i didn't find it scary mm. so what were you playing these for if you weren't getting your kicks from feeling a bit shit scared i just really enjoy playing them the, the gameplay side of it what like the same way that you enjoy playing an adventure game yeah mm. well i take issue with that because they're terrible different if you have a game that you enjoy playing then why would you not go back to i understand why are you going back to it because you enjoy it what i'm getting stuck on is that you are just saying i played it because i enjoyed it and i enjoyed it because i enjoyed the gameplay i've just said that you enjoyed the gameplay okay yeah. Which is about it's, being scared it's about understanding what's going on and exploring and finding things and shooting zombies in the head what are you yeah. finding herbs what are you exploring mansion yeah i mean that is another just picking up on that you had you were limited on the number of saves you could have based on how many ribbons of typewriter ink you had or whatever isn't yeah it? which i agree is quite a strange choice i never really got that stressful well it, just li limiting the number of times you can save that mm. does seem odd so let's unpick a bit more your relationship because you seem quite incredulous you said you played the demo did you play this game at all beyond that? I should probably say I played the demo relatively early as well because I had a friend, I think I've mentioned him on the podcast before, in primary school I had a friend who had a PlayStation and we, whenever we were at his house, we would mess around on the PlayStation. One of his favourite things to do was play with the dinosaur demo on oh, yeah. the PlayStation. Yeah. It was his house where I played this demo. He, he liked demos. <laughs> Do you collect them all off the front of official PlayStation? Magazine yeah, that sort played, of thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had games, he had full games, but by and large we would play demos and this was one of them. So I was probably about nine when I played this demo for Resident Evil. It's like a tasting menu. Why have all of one course so you have a little bit of everything? I, I get that completely. Why read a whole book when you can read seven or eight pages of 28 <laughs> books? Exactly, Precisely. yeah. Exactly. I understand completely. He had the demo for this and we played it at his house. We didn't obviously have a manual, which is a running joke by now uh, for, 
for games and me. That was a particular detriment because it meant that I was running around this scary world. The demo as well, by the way, I don't know. So this is where I admit to maybe getting the wrong game or where you can correct me if I got the wrong game because the demo was set in a street with fiery cars cars on fire and you were the man leon is his name that's resident evil 2 that's resident evil 2 well then there you go so resident evil 2 was what turned me off resident evil done me no wrong though i'm sure it's about to the demo was set in this street with these burning these cars on fire you are a lone police officer and there are zombies down the road and they're coming at you quite slowly and your goal is to turn around and leave that screen and when you leave that screen there are more bloody zombies in front of you and it's like what do you do where do you go there was no joy in this world whatsoever (laughs) it was terrifying and i'd never wanted to go back to it but i did keep dipping in to the to the genre so one of the ways that i dipped in i was intrigued by fatal frames so i gave that a go shut me right up i came back to resident evil with resident evil 4 shut me up i bought and this was stupid because by this time i was fairly sure that i knew what to expect and knew that i didn't want to have it i bought resident evil for myself so i do own this on the three on the nintendo 3ds Mm, okay and i don't know if that's a good version i have played the beginning and it shut me up so i had to stop which bit do you remember opening the door into the hallway going through into a corridor and being chased down the corridor by a zombie okay. is that all of the game well it's it's on a larger scale essentially that that is the game yeah. okay i had another friend who was very into resident evil so this is later on in secondary school probably when i was about 12 or 13 and he had resident evil 1 2 3 i think 3 was the current game at the time and resident evil 3 as people probably know has is resident evil 3 nemesis mm-hmm. and i believe that nemesis is the big bad yeah and that you are pursued throughout that game you are pursued relentlessly by nemesis that he chases you is it at all times in the game you are being chased by nemesis through sewers and things so i've not played three so i don't know not sure however in resident evil 2 i i think it might be when you replay the game having a save state from completing it or something but there's definitely some option where you play through and there's a character called the tyrant who's this big lumbering character who will you might for example be in a corridor open the door to go into a room and then go back into the corridor and the tyrant has materialized and this is like hulking character who will then charge at you i remember distinctly one bit and again this wasn't evil too i remember distinctly one bit where i was exploring the police station and i think he like came through a window at me out of no or, or came through a wall or something but i might be muddling at it with another character that did that but that bit definitely scared me or made me jump at least i don't like so here we go here's some pop psych for you i think i don't really enjoy the feeling of powerlessness in what is supposed to be an escape like a, an escapist fantasy Mm-hmm. experience so being put into a state of powerlessness is not necessarily that fun right or engaging for me at the same time what i don't mind is games that where you are powerless in a, a physical sense but where you can outwit your antagonist or antagonists whereas obviously in this by definition you can't outwit a zombie yeah they're just that yeah exactly because they're witless don't argue with an idiot because you'll always lose it's actually one of the things i found researching for this is linked to that that the designers who we'll talk about in a couple of minutes they wanted the player to be in danger and be chased by something real they were capable of making decisions about so they made a conscious decision to not have it 
be a game about the paranormal or ghosts. They wanted it to be something that you could Dead physically people. see coming towards you and that you could then yeah. make a choice about that. And one of the inspirations for that was Jaws because, again, of the physical presence of the shark and at those points in the film, the choices that the characters make. It's a bit of a stretch to say it's not about the paranormal or supernatural. I wouldn't classify zombies as paranormal or supernatural. Well, to me, then. that's spooks. Um, I don't know. Just guys that want brains. <laughs> okay. Fine. Okay. They're a physical threat though, aren't they? They are actually there. It's not yeah. It's not like in Fatal Frame where they weren't there and now they are. Although you're saying that the tyrant has this element of just appearing out of nowhere. Yes. And that, as I said, that I did find quite creepy. So maybe there is an element there of going back to what you said. And the, the sound of Fatal Frame, I don't like this. the, the idea of mm-hmm. that, that's the ghost side of it. So maybe that is where I get on board with you yeah and ride away on the non-ghost train <laughs> ride away on on the boat that's being pursued by jaws perhaps so i'm gonna um just talk a bit about the history of the game itself then now so there was a japanese games maker called takuro fujiwara who wanted to remake his own horror game which was it's crazy to be in the original survival horror which is a game called sweet home came out on the nez in 1989 he wanted to do a remake of that at some point during that process development was passed on to Capcom, which was led by Shinji Mikami, who had previously helped develop SNES games such as Aladdin and Goof Troop, surprisingly. Right, okay. Development on the game originally began aiming to have it come out on the SNES. This is back in 1993, they wanted to come mm. on the SNES. They then transferred it to be a 3D first-person PlayStation 1 title in 1994, and eventually they settled on having it as a third-person game with pre-rendered backdrops. This was due to the technical limitations of the PS1, they realised that the atmosphere of the game they wanted, a first-person 3D type game, wouldn't work. The inspiration for that, having the pre-rendered backdrops with the polygonal characters against it, it was inspired by Alone in the Dark, which I've never played, and also makes the game a lot more cinematic, which they made a conscious decision that that was what they were aiming for. Mikami, the person who headed development at Capcom, was quite hesitant about the game, and he told Fujiwara that he didn't like being scared, so a bit similar to what you've been saying tonight, and well, Fujiwara then said, so the guy who well, came with the out my... in the first place. No, 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 no. He said he wanted that. He said that he wanted someone who would be scared to develop the game because they'd understand fear and they'd know what would scare gamers. If there was someone developing the game who didn't understand that. Fearless. Yeah, precisely. That's quite an interesting point. Completely logical. Mm, and it's a smart way to approach the development. You do mm. need to understand what scary is because if mm. you don't understand that, then you're going to end up going in the wrong direction, which happens so often with horror films anyway. Even people that understand the genre that go on to make those films often so often so so often more often than not in fact miss the mark the thing with horror films is and i'm I'm sure you know this full well as well it's the whole keeping the viewer in suspense as soon as you know what's happening or know what the uh, antagonist is it loses a lot of suspense not even true to be honest because again i i've mentioned the ring um and at, at a certain point in that film, you know full well what's cre- crawling out of the television at you. Yeah, true. But actually. it doesn't stop it from being terrifying. Yeah, the actual threat is identified and the terror continues. Similarly, Ari Aster films. Have you watched any of Ari Aster's films? Nope. Midsummer and the other one. Oh, I've, um, Midsummer's 
a film that I would like to see. I've not got around to watching it yet, though. Whew. Okay. I mean, that is another level of horror. That's a really interesting, strange horror film. Midsommar is not about a big, scary something or other in the lurking in the shadows. It just has a general sense of unease mm-hmm. that is set up at the very beginning of the film by certain events. And then that just hangs over the film for the for the whole of it and it's a really brightly colored film that largely takes place in the daytime and yet there is this disturbing tone to it that totally contradicts everything that is on the screen we're getting a little bit away from resident evil aren't we but what we're really talking about is what is scary what is what is scary and that does matter to to games and, and to resident evil in particular resident evil i think the thing that it got right was putting the player into a state of powerlessness and and a state of slight incapacitation and they did that with the tank controls if you had been able to turn on a penny they would have had to do something else in order to achieve what they achieved but because you were playing what felt like a character who was somewhat incapacitated even on a good day you are more vulnerable yeah Completely. You are in a state of vulnerability from the very moment that you start the game. Actually, while we're just talking about films, the feel of the Overlook Hotel in The Shining in was a key reference point for the design of the house itself. You just mentioned actually Midsummer, that feeling of dread. That's what I get watching The Shining, just this sense mm. of, which, which obviously is you know, you can tell there's things going wrong. But even from the start, it just creates in me this sense of unease. Yeah, there's some really interesting stuff in The Shining that is designed to make you feel that way. Well, it's the thing at the start where it says, is it Tuesday? Where it's, it's deliberately designed to, you know, what Tuesday, what month, what year, etc. Things I like mean, that. Yeah, there, there's that sort of thing. But also the, the hotel itself is designed to be impossible architecturally. So there are spaces that it. inhabit each. Yeah, there are spaces right. that you see characters move into. Or you move, like they move out of a shot into a new space and that space will seem to inhabit the same space as some other part of the hotel so right i can't remember i think it's the um the elevators i think the elevators in particular the elevators are supposed to exist at a place where the hotel manager's office also is supposed to be and the hotel manager's office if you look at the shot inside inside his office there's windows in the back and the windows look out onto trees and actually his office is enclosed in the in the center of the building so that would actually be an impossible thing to be unless there was some kind of courtyard so there's things like that so i say to you that i don't like horror games and that is completely true i'm not even over egging it i really really can't play horror games because they terrify me at the same time I really enjoy the horror genre in films and I do watch quite a lot of horror films. I am largely disappointed not to be scared, but you know that you've found something good when you have to turn on the lights as you go to bed. So before you turn off the television, you have to turn on the living room light, go and turn off the television, then go to the living room door, feel for the hallway light, turn that on, turn the living room light off and just daisy chain them all the way to your bedroom. (laughs) That doesn't happen often enough unfortunately for me okay well we've been banging on for ages should we have a go at this game or is there anything else that you'd like to add before we go before we wrap up this half then it's just a couple more facts uh for anyone that's not familiar with the game at all we've mentioned this what well, resident evil the house itself has been mentioned a few times the plot of the game involves a team uh, stars which stands for special tactics and rescue service being sent to investigate this mysterious mansion because of some spooky goings on 
Is it Jill Valentine? So there's Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield uh, are, the, are the two characters. Chris Redfield. So I always misremember that man's name. Depending on which character you choose, it dictates what happens in the game. So Jill Valentine is probably a better character to choose for beginners. She has more firepower and has a lockpick to access things more easily and has a larger inventory. Chris Redfield has more HP, but has limited firepower and a smaller inventory. So you might want to choose Jill, I think, for tonight's playthrough. Okie dokie. Again, people are probably familiar with this. We have been calling it Resident Evil for the entirety of the episode so far. But of course, in Japan, it's called Biohazard. Do you know why it was renamed? Um, No. No, I, I didn't until researching for this, which I find genuinely quite interesting. They weren't allowed to call it Biohazard in America because a 1993 game called Biomenace had been called Biohazard in production and therefore the name was copyrighted. Oh which my goodness me. A bit That strange. is tenuous, yeah. Yeah. And there was also a punk metal band called Biohazard and they didn't want to have any confusion with them. Right. It is still called Biohazard in Japan. Resident Evil came about because Capcom decided to do an internal competition to name the game. And a Capcom designer, I couldn't find the name of the person, unfortunately, but a designer suggested Resident Evil. But Chris Kramer, a senior director of communications at Capcom, I read an interview with him on Kotaku, and he said that he always thought it was really cheesy and didn't like it. Resident Evil is a much better name than Biohazard. Yeah, I th- it's more specific. Biohazard is yep. just a bit generic. Yes, indeed. I have got loads more to talk about this game because I went quite deep down the rabbit hole with this, but we've been wafting for ages. So I think it seems like a good time for us to ease open the door of the mansion and find out what horrors lurk inside. Yeah. See you on the other side, Ashley. I have never been so happy to be dead in my life. Never. You didn't enjoy that, did you? It was a horrible game. A horrible game? Horrible experience. Not so horrible game. Horrible horror game. What I realised very quickly, and I think I said this to you, I don't think I've played even more than five minutes of that game, even though I bought it for for the 3DS. I don't think I've played beyond that moment where you find the zombie over over Kenneth, who I later found out was Kenneth. Great name. I don't think I've played the game beyond finding that first zombie who was eating a person who I later found out to be Kenneth. What was your reaction when you played on the 3DS and you saw that zombie then? Just turn it off straight away. Nope, not for me. I noped out of it. I was just like, nope, nope, no, 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 thank you. (laughs) Not my kind of thing. I don't like being scared. But in the interest of journalism, you ploughed through that tonight and we've played it for a lot longer. Yeah. The surprise is that it's not just constant battles with zombies. They're not always round the corner, although there are too many. There are more zombies than I am happy with. Can you still feel, now that we've turned the game off, can you still feel that sense of dread that we both had from playing the game? Or is that starting to ease off now? Can you feel that? I feel heightened from having played that, definitely. Right. I had such an elatory moment of dying i wasn't joking i i didn't die you died a couple of times which i was surprised at i didn't die the whole time i was playing until the point where i died and i thought well this is a good time to bang out i can stop because i've given it my all i died i'm dead so i for me resident evil is a one-shot thing i died in it and as far as i'm concerned in that universe i'm dead 
I'm dead in that universe. So is your happiness now because that's it, game over? Yeah, it was like a complete release. And I never have to do that again, do I? I don't have to play that game again. Until we got onto Resident Evil 2 then yeah well if you do that then we're gonna we're gonna have problems aren't we because I, i'm gonna kick off so to pick up on that point you've just said it is definitely a lot more puzzle heavy than i remember it being and yes there are zombies but they they feel a lot more few and far between there were certainly stretches of the game playing it tonight where i didn't encounter zombies for a relatively long amount of time and i was just having a me too a great mm. time wandering around corridors a great time wandering around corridors all right, I was having a time wandering around corridors. I would have preferred, I said this to you, and it's it harks back to what you said about Pac-Man 99. I would have preferred this game if there weren't zombies in it, and I could just walk around corridors and find a crest and Indiana Jones my way out of a secret locked room or something. That would have been a better game for me. I would have been happier, but... As it was, there was just these dead people wandering around this mansion. Every so often I'd come across one, have to either kick its head off or run away or get eaten by it or try and shoot it in the head. I resent the fact that they didn't stay dead. Why didn't they stay dead? Yeah, it's not okay. I agree with that. And also the fact that you go into a room and then come out of a room and a zombie that was previously outside the room had then just disappeared randomly. I found that quite sinister. I didn't like it at all because I didn't know where it was. Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't like it when I came out of the room and the zombies had reset because I I went into one room in a basement and there was a typewriter and a bed and a box to put my excess amount of stuff in and it was quite homely and nice and I thought I'll make a life for myself in this room I never have to leave and then you told me that I did have to leave so I left and the two zombies that were outside of the room they were still outside the room they reset to be either side of the room so I didn't really have anywhere to go no he saw the typewriter so he could save yeah I should have stayed in the room. I can't believe you made me leave it. I know. What a terrible person. Or what would you do for food and toilet? I didn't say it would be a long life. I just said it would be a life. I could have made a life for myself in there. You know, three days is some life, isn't it? As it was, I stepped out of that room. I went up some stairs. I got eaten by a zombie. So what, what would you have me do? I could have had three days or three seconds. You made me go for three seconds. I'm not sorry. Shouldn't regret where you am. I do. I regret leaving the room. Controls them. Go on. I found them fine. Absolutely fine. There was... They, they were jarring at the start, definitely. And it took me a yeah. while of zigzagging around corridors to get used to them. But by the end of our play tonight, I was I was fine. Maybe. Maybe they weren't so bad. But they weren't easy, were they? They weren't completely intuitive. I think that's a design choice again, though. I think it's to create a bit of a stumbling block. When there's a zombie coming towards you, like you said in the first half, having to turn around, that's creating that sense of dread and peril and drama. I completely think it's a design choice. I don't necessarily think it was a design choice in that sense, because if you think back to those first 3D platformer adventure games, Tomb Raider had the same thing. You had to... It was tank control, so you you had to spin around. Grim Fandango is another one that was made... I mean, it was made a little bit after this, actually, wasn't Mm. it, Grim Fandango? and that still had tank controls tank controls were an industry solution to 3d movement yeah movement around a 3d environment i don't think it was necessarily that thought through oh let's give them these slightly chunky controls that make them feel vulnerable but at the same time even if they didn't design it with that in mind it doesn't negate the fact that that's how it makes you feel Mm. when playing and we also both commented as well we talked in the first half about these pre-rendered backdrops the fact that you go from screen to screen and 
because it's static, you have no control over it. So there's definitely scenarios you are put into where the camera is placed to obscure things that happen or you can hear sound effects happening off screen and you don't know where mm. they are, what's going on. And, and then you have to go off the screen to find out what's happening. And that was really good. Very, very effective at creating the atmosphere. Even the loading screens as well, the doors opening and going up or downstairs. I felt genuine dread going downstairs at some points. Yeah, there, there's a couple of points there. So I, I vaguely remember, and you might have unearthed in your research, I vaguely remember reading or hearing or seeing or tasting uh, a fact that the camera angles were due to that they took static cameras because they couldn't code what they felt was an adequate follow me camera okay and because they couldn't get the camera to work in the way that they wanted it to they then shifted direction with the camera and they started they sort took like a cctv style camera Mm. stuck to a wall looking down into the room kind of approach with it but i think as you say that that really lent itself to the claustrophobic tone of the game feeling penned in even if you were in a fairly decent sized room the camera angles made you feel hemmed in like uh, and close and tight and completely it, it wasn't it wasn't an entirely comfortable feeling to have and then yeah the loading screens one of the things that this game clearly does well is making the most of everything that it's gotten to the point where actually it's taken something that for a lot of developers would have been a detriment a loading screen between every room and turned it into into an asset by making them somewhat atmospheric you and i both picked up on the stairs at loading screen when you go up and down the stairs as particularly effective and i've no idea why because all it was was a staircase and it was i think it was the fact that it was very slow and the footsteps were heavy and leaden it almost like resigns to what's going on and what might be at the bottom of the staircase yeah so you you said you don't know why but that is exactly how i felt doing it it took each step one step at a time and it was sort of step pause yeah step pause step every step felt tentative and fear laden Mm. as though your character was actually taking those steps very slowly because they were scared to go down the stairs to rinse that much atmosphere out of what is a loading screen is very smart design i would say definitely and something that i didn't realize the game did because i never got far enough into it (laughs) i genuinely i'm shocked at how little of the game that i have actually played because I thought that I had been immersed in this horror-soaked mansion for forever and that I'd really, really pushed myself through it and tried hard to overcome the fear. In actual fact, what I'd done is picked up the game, put it in the console, turned it on, turned it back off again. That is basically my my experience of Resident Evil prior to this. I think you must have played it, even possibly including the opening sequence, you you must have played it for about five minutes maximum. Yeah, not my finest hour, I wouldn't say. (laughs) No. So I really like that zombie, that first one that turned you off when you played it on 3DS. The fact that five minutes in, you turn this corner and there's this zombie crouched over this body and it turns around and looks at you over its shoulder. All that stuff happens and it opens up so many questions and then nothing else happens that you don't encounter the zombie for some time after that i agree with you i think that it is very effective as an opener and as a statement of what the game is going for i did say to you i'm not entirely sure that i like that it does that though because the game puts you into a state of i mean i think again it might be it's a fairly smart design choice if they were after doing this to the players they put you in a state of feeling tense and nervous that you're constant that you're going to have a a zombie around the corner every corner that you take when in actual fact there are whole swathes of the game where you're walking around and there aren't any zombies something that you taught me 
I can run past zombies. If there is a gap, I can run through the gap. I didn't know that. The zombies aren't quite as big a threat as I thought they Mm. were. And it was that initial zombie moment, encountering that first zombie, convinced me that they were an absolute threat. And if I gave them even one millimeter i was i was done for Mm. so yeah i i think really on balance it's a very effective introduction to the game it sets the player up in the way that they want them to but i personally just wish that they didn't do that because i as i say i'd rather i'd rather focus on the puzzles and forget about the zombies and that means that i can't forget about the zombies but even those puzzles are formatted in such a way so you've got this mansion which you think would be massive with all these rooms and doors etc and it is but they're all locked apart from certain ones which you can get through. So eventually, bit by bit, you start unlocking doors from the other side and then opening up the mansion. And it's structured in such a way that you incrementally open up the map, which I think was very clever as well. And then again, going back to what I've said about this asking questions, though you'll encounter some doors where it says this door is locked from the inside. Why the hell is a door locked from the inside? It's never good when a door is locked from the inside. That's what went through my head when I found the first door. Maybe it's people like you that have hunkered down on the other side just to face their last few days. That's what I assumed had happened, something along those lines. There is something locked in that room or someone locked in that room. That's the only way, unless of course there is an al- an alternative route out of the room, which was the case in some situations. The door had been locked from one side and then they'd found their way out, presumably, through another route. I feel like I'm remiss in my duties in not mentioning my reaction to that first zombie as being one of sheer terror. I ran away as fast as I could from that zombie and I also shouted loud enough that my wife heard me from the other room <laughs> and queried what was going on out of sincere care as well i think she was worried about me that then happened a second time a few moments later when a dog smashed through a window and attacked me and i again similarly i nearly threw the controller down onto my desk out of sheer panic at that point your reaction i was i mean i was about saying should we just leave it there then that was about quarter an hour into playing the game because i could see you were getting so het up and aggy about it i really didn't like it it really didn't sit well with me that bit you were in I remembered that bit of the map. So when I came to that corridor, I knew the dog was going to jump through because I'd remembered that bit making me jump when I played it when I was younger. I knew it was going to happen because you played it a few minutes earlier and the dog jumped through the window and still made me jump out of my skin. Yeah. And that was one of the two things that killed me as well. I was trying to shoot the dog and I was unable to and it more I don't know it. if you could shoot the dog. Well, we figured out you could aim downwards. So I was aiming downwards, shooting, 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 but it still got me. It wasn't good. Yeah, I felt... a bit aggrieved about that dog i just had to run away i still don't know what's down that corridor and that created a sense of dread for you is that you actually did not want to go back to that corridor yeah i i didn't go back and i never will because i died i'm dead now in the resident evil world you saying about stopping after that moment i wanted to stop i really did really i didn't want to carry on playing yeah i didn't want to carry on playing the game but at the same time i am glad that i did carry on playing the game because the game is a little bit more than i thought thought it was and as i say i think there are there are choices that the designers made that are really quite impressive they managed to soak that game in tension Mm -hmm. everything in the game seems designed around creating tension and anxiety yeah they've definitely achieved that as well like they they haven't aimed for it and missed the mark as so much horror does and i think that's probably why this game was and is so well regarded and well loved for those people that can handle the raised heart rates and fear it's a pretty atmospheric and absorbing experience unfortunately i'm just not one of those people (laughs) 
Well, should we talk about, on that note then, the voice acting and the conversation we had around B-movie and camp, etc.? I presume you're bringing it up in contrast to that, because that was that was atmosphere-breaking. I presume they were hamstrung by budgets, and therefore they tried to lean into that low-budget B-movie aesthetic with the voice acting and the introduction. But then that didn't sit terribly well with the actual panic-inducing fear of the zombies and, and the dogs. For anyone that's not familiar, Ash is talking about the introduction of the game is this live action sequence it's filmed in black and white with these very hammy actors hamming it up to try and create this sense of atmosphere but it, it just it was quite laugh out loud funny because of how appallingly bad it was and mm. I felt it was quite camp more than than serious and yes I know what you're saying that was then very much at stark contrast with the actual game itself I don't know is the answer I suspect it's, it was probably just budgetary did you encounter any bits in the script that made you groan or stuck out for you as being particularly terrible there was a bit where Barry I mean the fact it's called Barry that's one of those funny names yeah me. well like Kenneth um, you mentioned earlier yeah oh kenneth as well kenneth was the one that was actually being eaten by that first zombie barry gave me something and in giving me something that he never actually told me in the script what that thing was it was sort of like he was talking to jill and he said to jill i've got this thing that is very effective against living things here you go here is the thing and she says thank you for the thing or something like that. And it was like, did they at that point in writing the script just not know what that thing was? Or did they not want to actually say out loud Ooh. what that thing was for some reason? Now there's I, a question. I don't know. But it was just very noteworthy that they never actually went into deep. And he said, he said as well, Barry said, I've got this other thing that I'm going to keep for myself, which is similarly powerful. I think he holds up a gun at that point, but because you'll be left without the thing. And he goes, no, I've got this thing and holds up a gun. So he doesn't say, no, I've got my gun. He says, I've got this other thing. It's very strange. Lots of things. And I noticed in that conversation as well, he, after having this loud conversation in the main hallway, they then lapsed into doing that whole thing that they do in the army, the whole signals, and he ge- gestured for it to follow yes. him. Suddenly <laughs> going back into, you know, not making any noise whatsoever because this creepy... So yeah, the whole script was delivered with a mouthful of ham, like hamster-esque levels of mouthfuls of ham. Pouches full. There's a line that I remember which... I have talked about in the podcast in a previous episode. There's a bit where, as playing as Jill, you go into a room and the ceiling starts coming down and Wesker saves you. And he says, oh, that was close. You were nearly a Jill sandwich or something like that. And it's just so laughably terrible. Yeah. But you've mentioned about the voice acting. I found a little anecdote during my research earlier um, from a podcast called Wizard and Bruiser that the English voice actors were directed by the Japanese development team and they used cheap Canadian voice actors who had no context their dialogue and they didn't know what was being spoken by the other characters and the actors did multiple takes which were then shipped off to Japan the non-English speaking team then chose takes based on how they felt listening to them and it explains why you'll have like one line that's delivered really seriously and then the next line it's delivered in like really elatory tones and the next line is back to being serious it just it I because I was aware of that fact, I was listening out for it in particular while playing, and I really noticed it, the tonal shifts. Yeah, so that makes, that that explains so much, and actually that also suggests that they were looking at, it was budgetary constraints. Yeah. It had nothing to do with trying to go for a certain aesthetic. I know for a fact that if I was listening to Japanese, if, if the roles were reversed and I was listening to Japanese speakers delivering lines, I would have no conception whatsoever whether it was a good line or a bad line. Precisely. Okay, so I think we're about done talking about the game there, which I think we're both in agreement with is pretty good. Yeah, I think it is a much better game than I was expecting it to be. But I can't double check that because I am dead. (laughs) 
So <laughs> it was a lot slower at the start than I remember it being. But once I got into a groove and once I got back to life after being killed by that dog, I was having a great time. And exploring the mansion, unlocking those doors and whatever, that is what I remember of the game and remember really enjoying. I honestly have no desire to go back to the game and I never will play it again. And that isn't the game's fault. I, I want to be really clear on that. In fact, that is the victory of the game because I am too I'm too jittery to want to. Ignoring Ashley, it was well received by the public and by reviews. It's currently got a 91% score on Metacritic and was credited for repopularizing zombies in pop culture in the late 90s onwards. Well, for that, it needs to be given a slap because really? the amount of zombies that have been brought... Yeah, it does, yeah. Ironically, zombies... zombies well, don't maybe die. less ironically... Zombies have never died out since then. The number of zombie films, the number of zombie everythings that have come into being since then. Yeah. It's just a bit of a travesty. I agree with that point, but I started making a list, as is tradition, of things that are linked to zombies in some way that came out post this game. And I think the point I'm making here is that a lot of these probably would not be around had Resident Evil become so popular. I mean, there's even a reference to Resident Evil in space, for example, which then presumably mm. led to Shaun of the Dead happening as well. But there's things like Warm Bodies, which I think is brilliant. Have you seen Warm Bodies? Yes. Yeah. A rom-com. Oh, sorry. It's a rom com That's they the one, call yeah. it, don't they? And then you've got things like The Returned, obviously 28 Days Later, Zombieland. The Walking Dead, loads of things to do with zombies. I agree with your point that maybe it's gone past that point and oversaturated, but Resident Evil is potentially where it all began. Just to wrap up there then, we said in the first half about all the different versions and iterations etc. of this game. The game itself came out as I said in April 1996 in Japan and North America. A director's cut was released in September 1997, which they released to compensate because the sequel's taking longer than they thought, so they re-released this first one sort of say sorry they included a beginner mode and also changed the location of enemies and items to keep it fresh for people who wanted to have a bit of a challenge within that game that they were already quite familiar with there was then a second version well a third version i suppose of the game released in august 1998 called the director's cut dual shock version which unsurprisingly had dual shock added into it so you could then play with the sticks and it also had a symphonic soundtrack added instead of the original which apparently wasn't very good and actually the soundtrack is something we both commented on especially in those loading sequences when the music kicked in the, the music was extremely powerful in the game uh-huh. it was ported to at various points in time it was ported to the saturn the pc the game boy color really i didn't know that full version made for the game boy color which also included all cutscenes and was apparently a very faithful version of the ps1 game and was pretty far along in development and was then cancelled. I can only assume what it looked like. I'd love to see it. And then the the DS version, which you mentioned as well, it was then remade in 2002 for the GameCube, which is, as a remake, is more of a remaster because they added in cut locations. For example, there's a graveyard and they also redubbed it for this version as well. And then that version from 2002 then had an HD remaster in 2015 which was released for all modern platforms like your playstation 4 xbox one etc etc and then resident evil 2 was finally released in 1998 and resident evil 0 which is a prequel to this game came out in 2002 and as we said in the first half it spawned loads of other there's as of next week going to be eight 
mainline titles, but then there's also spin-offs like Code Veronica. I'm sure there was a game set on a cruise ship at one point as well. Oh, right, okay. And in total, this game, the original Resident Evil, sold 5.08 million copies worldwide. Respectable. I also wanted to mention as well a book which has released this very month, April 2021, which I've been recommended by a friend of the podcast who is also a big Resident Evil fan, a book called Itchy Tasty, which is an unofficial history of Resident Evil by Alex Anil, which is a history of each game that was released from 1996 to 2006 with commentary. And it's apparently an extremely exhaustive and very well put together history of Resident Evil as a series and Itchy Tasty is apparently because that first zombie we've both been talking about, the one that looks over his shoulder at you, later on in the game you find some diary entries written by that person before they were turned into a zombie where he comments on how he's getting itchy and he's, he eats himself and it's tasty, something like that, I'm not quite sure but um, it's a reference to that. Okie dokie. And that is Resident Evil. Quite a convoluted set of releases is what is apparent. Yeah. If you were looking for the definitive version of Resident Evil, do you know which one would be considered that? I'm just thinking, I can imagine people taking issue with the fact that the original game was redubbed for the remasters, whereas another swathe of people might have welcomed the redub if it was a little bit more sort of polished and professional. I certainly know that whenever I've looked at the many and varied releases that come under the Resident Evil umbrella, (laughs) uh, umbrella cup, uh, that it's a bit confusing a little bit difficult to navigate. Listening to you list all the different iterations of Resident Evil 1 Hmm. that exist, and knowing that there's likely to be another one, a brand new, from the ground up, rebuild of the game makes it it's all just a bit overwhelming isn't it yeah like, well the, for the, a new player the fact that the one that's currently available on current consoles is a remaster of a remake of this game precisely it, yeah it, yeah a game that came out 25 years ago has gone through that cycle already it, it is quite unusual i think that probably would be where to point people if they were looking to play it just simply because it's the most accessible probably for most people, version of the game. Whether it is the quintessential version of the game, you will have to tell us, Resident Evil fans. Are you going to be getting Resident Evil 8 uh, next week based on this? I died very early on in the Resident Evil universe. Um, Actually, during the events of Resident Evil 1, I died. So I don't actually exist when Resident Evil 8 takes place. Unfortunate. Or Resident Evil 2 or 3 or 4. The difficulty, the problem that I have is that Resident Evil 0, as you rightly point out, is a prequel. And therefore I'm still alive there. I could be forced into playing that, unfortunately. (laughs) I'm hoping, from the sound of it, you've never played it yourself. So I'm hoping that I'm safe from it. I don't know who else would force me. But beyond that, I'm dead in every other game. Well, if you've listened this far and you have got or are planning to get Resident Evil 8, please let us know. We are available on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Come and let us know what you think of Resident Evil 8 or indeed any other games. Come and let us know why you are buying Resident Evil 8 because I have no clue what you're doing. Should we be going back to play Resident Evil 4? Is it as good as everyone says? Should I be giving Resident Evil 3 a spin or even Resident Evil 0? No. Come and let us know. The answer is no. To all of the questions above, no. No, you shouldn't. No, nobody should. No, I won't. The end. There we go. (laughs) Nobody needs to buy any more Resident Evil games. (laughs) They should die in a fire. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week for our 60th episode spectacular. Oh, 60, yep. Bye.